Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. Whether we believe something or not doesn't affect whether it's true, right? So you may not feel loved, you may not feel God's presence even today, but I'm going to just tell you something, it's a fact that God loves you and that he proved that ultimately by giving his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sin. A lot of you, you know, everybody in this room, I believe, knows what's going on in our family and that um, my father passed away on Wednesday of this week and um, has gone on to that place that God has prepared for us. And, you know, we're not excited to lose him, but we're excited in that in his going at 87 years old, this guy who never stopped, always had... He had a motor that just seemed to go and go and go and go, didn't he, Mom? And just, you know, never could stop. And he would help. He was crawling under cars with younger people than him all the time and and swinging hammers and, and saws and chainsaws and different things. I mean, it was just amazing. But God called him home is the way I look at it. And that was this week. And so I already had sermons you know going in in the works for the next several weeks and somebody said are you going to preach I said yeah I really would like to and I'm definitely going to be in church I want to be here with my people the family of God you do so much for Mary and I and Roy and Sandy it's just amazing and um, I wouldn't want to be with any other people on this planet do you know that I wouldn't want to be with any other people I really wouldn't so then people have called and they sent texts and they've said, you know, what can we do for you? And Kelsey, I think, was on a phone call or a text, a text with Mary. And um, we're driving down the road. And so I'm listening to these texts through Mary's magic car because it's reading texts because you're not supposed to text and drive. So she 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 does the voice texting, you know, and I think that's the way it was going. And. And Kelsey said, what can I do for you? And I yelled out, she could preach for me on Sunday. Just thinking, you know, that would be ha ha, you know. Well, I wish I could, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, actually, God gave me something. And I was like, right, right. You know, not that God couldn't give her anything, but I just figured this is Kelsey, who we love. And, you know, she's like our daughter. And we was like, Okay, you know, and she said, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be forward or, you know, say that God gave me something, but he did, you know, and I was like, okay, let's call her bluff and tell her, all right, let's go with it. Let's go with this, you know, Uh, send me your scripture as soon as you can and your title. So I'm going to let her tell you all that because Kelsey's going to be sharing with you today. Would you give her some love today? You know how to turn that on, don't you? Yes. There we go. It's on. (laughs) Hi, everybody. So thank you, Larry, for allowing me to speak today. 
Um, I definitely have a message on my heart that I hope will lift your spirits and encourage you. It sounds a little negative at first, but it will come up in the end, I promise. (laughs) So God's been speaking to me a lot lately about managing my emotions. And I know not everybody is, but I happen to be a very emotional person. (laughs) So this is something that I feel like I've been riding the waves of my whole life, and some of you are nodding, (laughs) so that's good. Um, And it's easy to see God's hand when everything is going well. You can take a walk on a beach or look at a beautiful sunset and see how God could have created that and the beautiful masterpiece that he created, right? But I've also had those other moments where I wasn't so sure who God was. Moments when I felt like I didn't know God at all when my doubt and my confusion and my anger just rose to the surface and it felt unmanageable. And in those moments, it felt like there was a brick wall between us. And like I was just over here by myself and God was on the other side of the wall and we're just sitting there not talking. (laughs) So what are we supposed to do when those emotions are so strong and it doesn't seem like they're ever going to recede? And... What I've discovered is that, if anything, we can be transparent with God. Those negative emotions can distance us from God, but if we bring them to Him and allow God to help us manage those emotions, it can bring us closer to Him. And God can peel back the layers of those emotions to strengthen our bond with Him. So, to explore a little bit more how those negative emotions can distance us from God, um, I'm going to start by reading Psalms 43, 3 through 5. And it says, Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I love this verse because you can see the psalmist's conflict of emotions, right? In one sentence, he's saying that God is his joy and his delight. But two sentences later, he's like, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? If God is so great, why am I in such emotional turmoil? (laughs) But in the end of that verse, he decided that despite the pain he was was experiencing inside, he wanted to praise God for who he is regardless. Because when we shift that focus from us to God, he's able to heal that pain within you. And while that pain may never completely go away, He can at least give you the strength to handle that pain. And that's not to say that we're never going to experience negative feelings again or that we're never going to struggle with that. But God is walking with us as we experience them. So emotions can be like an untrained dog. (laughs) They'll rule your life if you let them. Alex and I recently adopted (laughs) George. (laughs) He's a Doberman. And indoors, he's a wonderful dog. He has manners, he obeys commands, and his favorite thing is to snuggle with his people. (laughs) He will come in from the yard just so that he can snuggle with us. (laughs) 
But when we take him outdoors in any capacity other than the backyard, he loses all sight of us and any, like, re- like understanding that we're there with him. He is 60 pounds of muscle, and he bela- behaves like a completely different dog. His gaze switches wildly between the things he perceives as threats, and he zigzags all over the place following his own lead. He's actually made me fall over just a couple times <laughs> in front of strangers. It was That was fun. Uh, <laughs> and without us training him and showing him the way to go, George could get hit by a car or he could get lost and not know how to come back home. When we got him, he was underweight. He was all skin and bones. He wasn't able to care for himself. And just like, and isn't that just like us? Like George, we can't see past our own noses. And our natural instinct is to follow our own emotions, and as a result, we become like leaves blowing around in the wind. Bouncing from one dissatisfying experience to another, not truly knowing our purpose or who we are meant to be. And this can cause us to get lost along our way and eventually distance us from God. And I'm going to give my own life experience as an example. Um... Through my entire life, I've dealt with feelings of anxiety. And those feelings started at the age of eight. I can remember the exact first time that I felt them. I began having nightmares on the nightly basis, and I began began having brain fog and stomach aches. Um, And I had to distract myself to stay happy. And I told my parents a little bit of what was going on, but I didn't tell them quite to the extent of what was happening because I didn't know it wasn't normal. Because I was just a kid, and that was what was normal to me. And on the nights when I couldn't sleep, my parents would send me back to bed thinking that I was avoiding sleep. (laughs) And they would tell me to pray and read the Bible until I fell asleep. (laughs) So that is what I did. And it got to the point where I would sleep with a Bible under my pillow every night in hopes that the nightmares and the emotions that I was experiencing would just magically go away. And so those feelings continued into high school, and they were worsened when my dad um, had back surgery and developed some serious complications. During most of my senior year, he was in a hospital in Pittsburgh, and my mom was right there with him. And so for most of my senior year, I was kind of on my own. Um, I had my brother to take care of me, but I was basically planning college and my future all by myself. Um... And so those feelings of anxiety grew. And instead of being excited to leave home and excited to plan college and all of that kind of stuff, I got severe separation anxiety from my dad and my parents. I was afraid to leave home during college breaks. Um, I stopped seeing my friends. I started receding from people. Um, and it, it got pretty bad because what if he dies and I'm not there to say goodbye? And after high school, my dad's health continued to worsen throughout college, and college, of course, presented stresses of its own. Um, So naturally, that anxiety heightened, and I started becoming depressed. But even through all of that, I felt that God had a bigger plan in store. I felt that that resilience had still continued to build, so I kept pushing through, but at the same time, ignoring my emotional pain and hoping it would just magically go away. And I did hold on to a few Bible verses that helped me get out of the hardest points, and one of which is Philippians 4, 11 through 14. 
And there's a little bit more context to this verse, but it is, um, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, and it was good for you to share in my troubles. I didn't want my emotional pain or my dad's sickness to be pointless, and I clung on to that verse to remember to focus on God through those dark times, <laughs> just like I did through the high times. And I truly believed that going through all of this would make me stronger, and in many ways it did, but it also exhausted me. And after college, I began working full-time at what I thought was my dream job. And for a while, it was great. For about six months there, I was on top of the world. <laughs> but eventually, the work piled up, and I felt like I couldn't keep up anymore. I was in a corporate environment, still am, and the work never stops, and they expect you to go faster and faster and faster. And in my first job, I kept being told, you're too empathetic. You need to push back. You, you need to stop um, being so nice. You're too slow at your work. You're too this. You're too that. And it got to the point where my confidence level just got so low, I began feeling like who God created me to be wasn't enough anymore. <laughs> um, I kept shoving my feelings down because I was ashamed to be feeling such turmoil in my life. My life was good on paper. I had a great, at the time, boyfriend who's not my husband. <laughs> uh, Jonah. <laughs> I have wonderful friends and family who truly care about me and that I get along with. <laughs> And I have a roof over my head. I have a well-paying job. I'm paying my bills. But as the psalmist wrote in Psalms 43.5, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And so this anger began to develop inside me, on top of the other emotions that I was feeling. I was sick of feeling that way. My dad's health worsened. I began pushing God at arm's length. I never rejected him because I knew in the back of my mind he was there with me. But I felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling and like he just didn't care about me maybe the way I previously thought he did. So that distance between me and God grew and grew and I lost my sense of identity. Then my dad passed away and I pushed God away even more for a little while. I felt absolutely betrayed. Romans 8 says, All things come together for the good of those who love him. But what was the point in my dad's suffering so long in his life just to have it end the way that it did? He was sick for 11 years. Where was God's love and faithfulness to my dad? And it's, it still shames me to know that I thought that way. <laughs> You know, I'm like, am I a real Christian? Am I not a good Christian because I'm having these thoughts and these doubts? But God understands those feelings. He created them. <laughs> and this sort of thing happens to so many people every single day. And that's why a lot of people end up walking away from God. And it distances us from God and from others, the people that God's placed in our lives to help us. We walk along pretending everything is okay, because to us this is normal, 
just like me as a kid, to me, anxiety was normal. <laughs> um, it's part of living in a fallen world. But if we never bring these doubts and these concerns to God, they can eat us alive. And we forget that God created those emotions. They're there for a reason. And just like we're in the process of training our dog, George, to trust us on walks, <laughs> we can allow God to train us to redirect our thoughts on him and the blessings that we have in our lives. We can allow God to turn these things for our good, or for his good, <laughs> both. <laughs> um, so how do we do that? How do we bring these things to God, especially when he's the one that we're mad at? <laughs> We can bring it to God in reverence. Philippians 4, 6, 7, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Another verse, 1 Peter says, uh, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. God asks us to come humbly before him, to come to him with thanksgiving. When you speak with someone about a conflict, does it change their stance to verbally attack them? No. <laughs> Instead, it makes them angry right back and retaliate, right? And God is graceful and merciful, and he's not like us in that manner. But at the same time, we should treat him with respect and reverence, just like we would handle many conflicts in our relationships in a healthy way. <laughs> in my own anger, I finally got to the point where I said, listen, God, I can't do this anymore. I am so angry at you, but I don't know what to do about it. Please help me and guide me. Give me that peace and show me how to heal. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me and when you, when you seek me with all your heart. I found this to be true in my life. The more... I seek him about my doubts and my concerns, the more that I found him and he's shown himself to be so real to me. And it wasn't a sudden thing by any means, but I've continued to pray prayers like that in my daily life and just going about my day. And sure enough, God has started showing me how his hand has been in my life this entire time. Even last night, <laughs> when I was finishing up this message, <laughs> I was reading through my Bible, and I came across a note that I made 10 years ago from Joshua chapter 4. And I don't know, I didn't know at the time why God touched me with this verse. It was so powerful that I went out of my room and told my dad about it at 1130 at night. <laughs> And God's using it in my message now, so maybe this is why. <laughs> so in this chapter, I'm not going to read it because it's long, um, but Joshua and the Israelites were about to cross the River Jordan. And up until that point, they had been in the desert wandering around for 40 years because 
of everything that transpired when Moses rescued them out of Egypt. And at this point, before they crossed the River Jordan, God asked Joshua to have a leader from each of the 12 tribes take a stone and place it next to the river as a symbol showing how God had rescued them from the desert. Before crossing over to their promised land, God wanted them to take a moment and remember what he did for them. So that not only could they look back at this in the future as they moved forward, but also so that their children and the generations to come would remember what occurred in that place. And I've, as I've sought God, he has been sending my own memorial stones. <laughs> I was angry about how I felt like my dad's suffering was pointless and how the suffering of countless others seemed so disheartening. But God reminded me of the impact my dad made while he was alive and how he continues to impact others as he lives on in our memories. And while it's not an answer to the suffering in the world, and I've learned to accept that I will never understand, and none of us will, and none of us have those answers, we can combat the suffering through kindness and showing God's life wherever we go. Instead of contributing to that suffering, we can combat against it. I was tired and worn down by a life of anxiety and depression, but in some of my darkest moments, God reminded me of the good memories and the testimonies that have occurred at the exact time that they needed to happen. He's reminded me of the people he's placed in my life to allow me to get through it. Many of you are those people, so thank you. <laughs> and he's shown me how it's shaped me to be able to be that person for others because I know exactly what they're going through. And through these gentle reminders, God is peeling the layers of these emotions away and allowing me to see him for who he is, and he's reminding me of who he created me to be. And that it's okay to be that person even when the world chastises it. <laughs> I am in the process of learning how to manage my emotions. But since I changed my mindset from why God to God, how do you want me to handle this? The struggle has felt more like an upward climb instead of a losing battle. It takes a lot of work and learning and willingness to say that I'm wrong. <laughs> I am constantly seeking God about this. I'm even seeing a therapist right now, and I lean on my loved ones for support when I really need it. But being transparent with God about how you're really feeling allows you to be ready for him to transform you. So being transparent with God allows us to face our struggles instead of pushing them away. And if we can face our doubt and concern and bring them to God, we can learn how to move forward instead of allowing it to bubble to the surface and be seemingly out of control. Doing this allows us to truly fix our mindset on God and heal from the past and face our future with lessons learned. The Israelites in Joshua 4 were able to feel victory because they had finally left the desert, but they had more battles to come. They had Jericho, they, they had all sorts of things to face. And the same goes with us. Life is never ending with struggles. <laughs> never. <laughs> but if we can place memorial stones in our times of victory, whether they are large or small, it allows us to have the strength to face our next big challenge, and it allows us to learn and grow with God through it all. So I know it wasn't that long, 
<laughs> but I hope that it, what I said resonated with you, and I hope that I was able to lift your spirits just a little bit. Um, and I just want to say a prayer over everyone to close today. So you can bow your heads and close your eyes. God, I just want to speak over everyone in this congregation today, whether they are here physically or virtually. And I pray over those suffering with their emotions, whether, you know, it's something clinical, whether, whether they're dealing with grief, anxiety, depression, anger, whatever it is, God, just touch that spot in their lives and highlight to them how you would have them handle it. Please, God, touch them and give them a huge hug and, and just comfort them right now. And help them to have the strength to come to you with these concerns and these emotions. God, I know that you love them and care for them. And so do we. And God, please just touch them right now where they're at. And um, help them live a life transformed moving forward. Thank you, Lord. In name I pray. Amen. Would you give Kelsey a big hand? Come over here. I appreciate that so much. That was from the Lord for sure, 100%. Amen? Let's give God praise now for, for speaking to us through Kelsey. And let me tell you, Kelsey, I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I love you. And I'm not just saying this because, um, you know, you're just special to us. I'm saying it because it's true. I'm only saying this because it's true that I really believe God used you today to speak to our hearts, speak to our families' hearts, but to speak to many, many people. And uh, we, we need to do an interview on the podcast, me and you, about some of this, you know, and break it down a little, you know. It's just, and Kelsey, you got to share again soon. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that later because I enjoyed that. And she ministered through uh, the Holy Spirit ministered through you in such a great way today. Aren't you thankful for that, everybody? God, I thank you for Kelsey. I thank you, Lord, that we are, we don't have to be perfect people. In fact, there's just no way to be perfect. God, we are. We are people that you created in your image, but it doesn't mean we have your perfection yet. It means that we do live in this fallen world and we're affected. We're affected by this world. We're affected by the things of this, of the world that it seems to be in control by Satan himself sometimes. It's not always easy. It's not always what we want, but we do come humbly before you with all reverence and knowing, Lord, that we may not be perfect, but you love us. You love us and that we can just come before you. And God, we give you thanks for those memorial stones she was talking about, those things in our life that you've used for your glory. You've turned them around because you said you have this plan for us to do good and not to hurt us, not to destroy us. God, continue to shape us by our experiences. And if we'll trust you, it may not always be pretty. It may not always be what we want. But God, in the end, we're going to be we're going to look more and more like you.
God, I pray for those who are struggling right now, struggling with doubt, to not push God away. It's okay to be transparent, and it's okay, like Kelsey, to tell God how, to tell you how we feel, to express that. Maybe we can't even tell that to our closest friend, but we can come to you, and we can lay all that out. God, I pray that those who heard this story today, this message, this wonderful message, I believe you gave this to Kelsey, and she delivered it with an anointed touch today. God, I pray that you will help encourage and remove the doubt. And instead of pushing God away, that they'll just fall into your arms today. That you, They'll just fall into to your presence and let you help them through it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whew. That was good. That's going to help a lot of people. Are you proud there, Mr. Alex Chuna? You better be, man. She did what not a lot of people can do, and I just saw some incredible stuff in her life. So uh, we want to thank you for joining us for our the streaming portion of our service. And this is The Lighting Kent, and we're so glad that you joined us today for this really special service. I hope that it, this will be of help to you. If maybe you know somebody that you could share this video with, we invite you to do that. Say, hey, it's not, my, not what I'm struggling with, but I have a friend, I have a family member. Send this to them. Share this video, like it if you would. And uh, you can go to our website, thelightingkent.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a couple, we have a podcast in a couple different places called The Prism Effect with Larry Knoll. And uh, you can join us through that and share that material as well. But thank you for joining us. And if you're ever in the area, please come by. I think these are the most wonderful people on the planet who will just love you. And yeah, let's give them a big hand as they go away. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.